Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story tonight is part five of our story about Dr. Doolittle. The doctor worked so hard that now he needs some sleep. Chi-Chi guards his door until he wakes up, and then Dr. Doolittle announces that it is time for them to leave. The animals try everything to convince him to stay, but finally accept that it's time to go. Chi-Chi explains that they need to pay back the money for the boat and such, but they don't have any and the animals decide to think of a gift that can help Dr. Doolittle out. No matter how your day was, let's forget about it now and focus on slowing down and feeling relaxed. Close your eyes and feel warm and secure. Next, I would like you to take a slow, deep breath in through your nose, as big a breath as you can and as slow as you can. Then slowly let the air out through your mouth. Taking deep belly breaths helps us relax at any time of the day, but it's a great habit to have before sleep. Try it again. Take a deep breath in and let the air slowly flow out. Take a deep breath in and now out. Breathe in deeply, filling your body with air and relaxation. Breathe out slowly, expelling any tension. Try to keep breathing slowly and deeply as we continue with Dr. Doolittle, Part 5. Chi-Chi stood outside the doctor's door, keeping everybody away till he woke up. Then John Doolittle told the monkeys that he must go now back to Puddleby. They were very surprised at this, for they had thought that he was going to stay with them forever. And that night, all the monkeys got together in the jungle to talk it over. The chief chimpanzee rose up and said, Why is it the good man is going away? Is he not happy here with us? But none of them could answer him. Then the grand gorilla got up and said, I think we should all go to him and ask him to stay. Perhaps if we made him a new house and a bigger bed and promised him plenty of monkeys to work for him, and to make his life pleasant? Perhaps then he will not want to go. 
Then Chi-Chi got up, and all the others whispered, Shh, look, Chi-Chi the great traveler is about to speak. And Chi-Chi said to the other monkeys, My friends, I am afraid it is useless to ask the doctor to stay. He owes money in Puddleby, and he says he must go back and pay it. And the monkeys asked him, What is money? Then Chi-Chi told them that in the land of the men, you could get nothing without money. You could do nothing without money. That it was almost impossible to live without money. And some of them asked, But can you not even eat and drink without paying? But Chi-Chi shook his head, and then he told them that even he when he was with the organ grinder, had been made to ask the children for money. And the chief chimpanzee turned to the oldest orangutan and said, Cousin, surely these men are strange creatures. Who would wish to live in such a land? My gracious! Then Chi-Chi said, When we were coming to you, we had no boat to cross the sea in and no money to buy food to eat on our journey. So a man lent us some biscuits, and we said we would pay him when we came back. And we borrowed a boat from a sailor. But it was broken on the rocks when we reached the shores of Africa. Now the doctor says he must go back and get the sailor another boat because the man was poor, and his ship was all he had. And the monkeys were all silent for a while, sitting quite still upon the ground and thinking hard. At last, the biggest baboon got up and said, I do not think we ought to let this good man leave our land till we have given him a fine present to take with him, so that he may know we are grateful for all that he has done for us. And a little tiny red monkey who was sitting up in a tree shouted down, I think that too. And then they all cried out, making a great noise. Yes, yes, let us give him the finest present a man ever had. Now they began to wonder and ask each other what would be the best thing to give him. And one said, 50 bags of coconuts. And another, a hundred bunches of bananas. At least he will not have to buy his fruit in the land where you pay to eat. But Chi-Chi told them that all these things would be too heavy to carry so far and would go bad before half of them were eaten. If you want to please him, he said, give him an animal. He will be sure to be kind to it. Give him some rare animal that they don't have in zoos. And the monkeys asked him, what are zoos? Then Chi-Chi explained to them that zoos were places in the land of men where animals were put in cages for people to come and look at. And the monkeys were very shocked 
and said to one another, These men are like thoughtless young ones, silly and easily amused. So then they asked Chi-Chi what rare animal it could be that they should give the doctor, one the men had not seen before. And the major of the Marmosats asked, Have they seen an iguana over there? But Chi-Chi said, Yes, there is one in the London Zoo. And another asked, Have they an okapi? And Chi-Chi said, Yes, in Belgium, where my organ grinder took me five years ago. They had an okapi in a big city they call Antwerp. And another asked, Have they a push-me-pull-you? Then Chi-Chi said, No, no man has ever seen a push-me-pull-you. Let us give him that. Push-me-pull-yous are now extinct. That means they aren't alive anymore. But long ago, when Dr. Doolittle was alive, there were still some of them left in the deepest jungles of Africa. And even then, they were very scarce. They had no tail, but a head on each end and sharp horns on each head. They were very shy and terribly hard to catch. The men get most of their animals by sneaking up behind them while they are not looking. But you could not do this with a push-me-pull-you because no matter which way you came towards him, he was always facing you. And besides, only one half of him slept at a time. The other head was always awake and watching. This was why they were never caught and never seen in zoos. Though many of the greatest huntsmen and the cleverest zookeepers spend years of their lives searching through the jungle in all weathers for push-me-pull use, not a single one had ever been caught. Even then, years ago, he was the only animal in the world with two heads. Well, the monkey set out hunting for this animal through the forest. And after they had gone a good many miles, one of them found peculiar footprints near the edge of a river. And they knew that a push-me-pull-you must be very near that spot. Then they went along the bank of the river a little way, and they saw a place where the grass was high and thick, and they guessed that he was in there. So they all joined hands and made a great circle round the high grass. The push-me-pull-you heard them coming, and he tried hard to break through the ring of monkeys, but he couldn't do it. When he saw that it was no use trying to escape, he sat down and waited to see what they wanted. They asked him if he would go with Dr. Doolittle and be put on show in the land of men. 
but he shook both of his heads hard and said, certainly not. They explained to him that he would not be closed up in a zoo, but just be looked at. They told him that the doctor was a very kind man, but he didn't have any money, and people would pay to see a two-headed animal, and the doctor would get rich and could pay for the boat he had borrowed to come to Africa in. But he answered, no, you know how shy I am. I don't like being stared at. And he almost began to cry. Then for three days, they tried to persuade him. And at the end of the third day, he said he would come with them and see what kind of a man the doctor was first. So the monkeys traveled back with the push-me-pull-you, and when they came to where the doctor's little house of grass was, they knocked on the door. The duck, who was packing the trunk, said, Come in! And Chi-Chi very proudly took the animal inside and showed him to the doctor. What in the world is this? asked John Doolittle, gazing at the strange creature. Goodness gracious, cried the duck. How does it make up its mind? It doesn't look to me as though it has any, said Jip the dog. This, doctor, said Chi-Chi, is the push-me-pull-you, the rarest animal of the African jungles, the only two-headed beast in the world. Take him home with you and your fortune will be made. People will pay any money to see him. But I don't want any money, said the doctor. Yes, you do, said Dab-Dab the duck. Don't you remember how we had to pinch and scrape to pay the butcher's bill in Puddleby? And how are you going to get the sailor the new boat you spoke of? Unless we have the money to buy it. I was going to make him one, said the doctor. Oh, do be sensible, cried Dab-Dab. Where would you get all the wood and the nails to make one with? And besides, what are we going to live on? We will be poorer than ever when we get back. Chi-Chi's perfectly right. Take the funny-looking thing along. Well, perhaps there is something in what you say, murmured the doctor. It certainly would make a nice new kind of pet. But does the, uh... What do you call it? Really want to go abroad? Yes, I will go, said the push-me-pull-you, who saw at once from the doctor's face that he was a man to be trusted. You have been so kind to the animals here, and the monkeys tell me that I am the only one who will do. But you must promise me that if I do not like it in the land of men... You will send me back. Why, certainly, of course, of course, said the doctor. Excuse me, surely you are related to the deer family, are you not? Yes, said the push-me-pull-you, to the Abyssinian gazelles and the Asiatic chamois on my mother's side. My father's great-grandfather was the last of the unicorns. Most interesting, murmured the doctor, 
and he took a book out of the trunk, which Dab-Dab was packing, and began turning the pages. Let's see if Buffin says anything. I notice, said the duck, that you only talk with one of your mouths. Can the other head talk as well? Oh, yes, said the push-me-pull-you, but I keep the other mouth for eating, mostly. In that way, I can talk while I am eating without being rude. Our people have always been very polite. When the packing was finished and everything was ready to start, the monkeys gave a huge party for the doctor, and all the animals of the jungle came. And they had pineapples and mangoes and honey and all sorts of good things to eat and drink. After they had all finished eating, the doctor got up and said, My friends, I am not clever at speaking long words after dinner like some men, and I have just eaten many fruits and a lot of honey. But I wish to tell you that I am very sad at leaving your beautiful country. Because I have things to do in the land of men, I must go. After I have gone, remember never to let the flies settle on your food before you eat it. And do not sleep on the ground when the rains are coming. I, uh, uh, I hope you will all live happily ever after. When the doctor stopped speaking and sat down, all the monkeys clapped their hands for a long time and said to one another, Let it be remembered always among our people that he sat and ate with us here under the trees. For surely he is the greatest of men. And the grand gorilla, who had the strength of seven horses in his hairy arms, rolled a great rock up to the head of the table and said, This stone for all time shall mark the spot. And even to this day in the heart of the jungle, that stone is still there. And monkey mothers passing through the forest with their families still point down at it from the branches and whisper to their children, Shh, there it is. Look where the good man sat and ate food with us in the year of the great sickness. Then, when the party was over, the doctor and his pets started out to go back to the seashore. And all the monkeys went with him as far as the edge of their country, carrying his trunks and bags to see him off. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs>